Well, hello again, and welcome to the Pushing 60 Aside podcast. I'm your host, Gene Fleming. We're recording right here at Lookout Mountain, northeast Alabama, my hometown of Fort Payne, a beautiful place to live. It's a beautiful place to visit. Here, come up and see us sometime. Hey, you know, I've been thinking about something a lot lately, a lot, and I'm kind of uh, kind of stoked about talking about this subject. If you've listened to the podcast for these last few months, you know that I'm always talking about, okay, here we are, and how are we going to get to really, really old age? And, you know, and it depends on how young you are or how old you are when you're listening to this. You know, that message may apply to you or it may just seem like it's in a foreign language. You know, it, it, it all depends on you. And so I try to shake things up with the nature of these podcasts that, you know, hopefully you'll find some inspiration for living a long and healthy life because really we get one time through this thing. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I've been thinking, you know, I'm really always, often asked the question, you know, what are you going to be doing in five years, 10 years, 15 years, maybe 20 years? Maybe you're like me and you're, you know, in your early 60s and you're thinking, well, you know, maybe I could be around here for another 35 or more years. That put me pushing close to 100. And uh, so if I'm going to do that, then I've got to have a really serious plan about, uh, you know, how I'm going to take care of myself between now and then. But that's a long time. When you, when, you know, right now, literally, to make it to 100, I have to live over 38 more years. That's a long time. And to put that in perspective, I'd already been born, gone through all my school, and had served a full career in the Navy by the time I was 38 years old. So 38 years is a long time. And so anyway, but this week I want to focus on five. 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 Five years. Just five years. And no matter what your present condition is, no matter what your current health is, no matter what your current level of fitness is, five years is a realistic amount of time to think about. You know, for some of us it might be, well, will I even still be here in five years? You know, I'm, I'm already 85 or so. Uh, but for those of us that are you know, on the lower end of this scale for pushing 60 aside, you know, we're 60, 65, 70, 75 years old, and five years, mm, that's doable. And, and that's what I want to look at today. I want to focus on five. So if thinking about 10 years is just overwhelming, if thinking about 15 years is overwhelming, and certainly if thinking about times beyond that is just it's too much, you know, so I'm going to ask you today to think about just the next five years. For me, that'll put me at age 66. Uh, you know, these days I don't think 66 is all that old at all. But if I hadn't started shaking and moving and getting serious about what I ate and, you know, and, and getting my weight down, I wouldn't even be here now. That, that's, that's a foregone conclusion I would have died at age 55, maybe 56, or maybe I would have lived to a miserable 57, 
But starting at about age 53, I started turning things around. It took me about five years total, you know, a few years in weight loss and a few years, uh, you know, lifting and learning how to, you know, walk confidently and how not to fall down and, and uh, eventually learning how to run. It took me about five years of, of steadily, purposefully working on myself. I had to make some adaptations and some changes in my life. I had to, I had to work with my doctors, especially a neurologist, be, because I had been a chronic pain patient. I had to work with my cardiologist because I was a heart patient. You know, I had to work with my general pra- practitioner and getting, uh, you know, my blood test results in check. You know, getting the cholesterol down and and you know, getting good healthy numbers all the way around. And it took, it took time, it took effort, it took a plan. And, you know, if you're starting out today, let's just say that today is the first time you've ever listened to this podcast, I'm going to ask you, okay, what's your plan for the next five years? Just the next five years. I could ask you, what's your plan for this week? But let's, let's, let's parse this down to... You know, five years. That's that's the long-term goal. My goal for five years says, in five years, and this is Gene's goal right here. This is what Gene wants to be doing in five years. Five years from now, I still want to be active. Okay. I still want to be able to take care of my pets because I have a feeling I'm going to have dogs for the rest of my life. I want to be able to take care of my home. You know, there's a painting project or a light fixture that needs to be repaired or, you know, any of those, you know, mundane human tasks that we have to do if we own a home. Uh, Am I going to be, I I want to be able five years from now to still be able to do my mowing and weed eating and gardening and, you know, and 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 five years from now, I want to still be able to play golf. Granted, I may not hit the ball as straight. I may not hit it as far. But I still want to be able to grab my clubs and walk this little nine-hole golf course out here near my house. I think that's a realistic goal. So, those are things I want to do. Well, I still want to be able to get in my car and go somewhere. If I wanted to go and fly somewhere, I want to be able, I want to be strong enough and healthy enough to drag my luggage through the airport. You, You get my drift, you know? So, Five years from now, I'm going to be 66. 66 is not an old guy. 66 is a, is a, you know, it's supposed to be the prime years of our retirement. You know, most of us are, we're done with the job place, the workplace by the time we're 65 or 66. And, you know, and we, we've always thought about, well, one of these days I'm going to retire. And boy, when I do, I'm going to travel. I'm going to, you know, have the grandkids over anytime I want them. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take, maybe, maybe I'm going to volunteer. I know some volunteers these days that uh, volunteer for the American Red Cross at the local hospital. You know, um, maybe I'm going to become more involved in my community. Maybe I'll volunteer at the library. Maybe, you know, who, who knows what I might do. Uh, I, I might even get a part-time job, you know, a couple of days a week, you know, doing something I've always wanted to do, like working in a bookstore. Who knows? But the one thing I know for sure is I want to keep my options open. So if I'm looking at the next five years, 
the first pit stop I want to make in getting this plan in action is I want to have a really good heart-to-heart conversation with my doctor. You know, especially if this doctor's been taking care of me for any length of time. And fortunately now, I have a general practitioner that I've been with, I guess going on six years, and he knows me uh, inside out, upside down, back and front. You know, he, he's the guy that found the first little skin cancer on my noggin. And, you know, we have a good rapport. I can ask him any question about me that I want to ask. And, and, and he will sit there and he will, he will, you know, right there in the exam room, he'll bring it up on the computer right then and do a quick search and say, okay, well, I think this, 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 and this. And, you know, I don't think that should be a problem. So, you know, I've got that relationship with my doctor, but I have to talk to him. And I ask him, I say, okay, doc, I think I'm going to live five more years and I want to do that really well. What can you tell me that I need to work on with this body? What I've got right here. If my sugar's high, my sugar's low, and my blood numbers are not really good, you know, are there dietary changes that I should make? Should I see a dietitian? And Doc, do you think chiropractors are any good? Would you recommend that? I have some soreness in my back. I need to talk to this primary care person that knows everything. He knows as much about my body in my health as any doctor ever has. So step one is I'm going to have a good heart-to-heart with my doctor. I'm going to tell him why I'm talking to him, especially on this appointment. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask him, what do I need to be on the guard for? What do I need to look out for? What, what, what is safe for me to do? What would you consider too risky for me to do at, you know, at, at my present age? You know, as you know, a few years ago, I was I was taking Taekwondo. Well, I didn't need my doctor to tell me that I was a little bit too old to be trying to do a flying back kick. It's called a tornado kick. I was just too old to do that. Going airborne while spinning in the air and kicking the target behind me, that, that was, that's just nuts. At my age, it was just nuts. I could do everything else, but I couldn't fly. So, you know, I had to let the Taekwondo go. I still got a brain. I need to use it sometime. Well, sometimes when I'm dealing with new fitness clients, you know, uh, you know, I will get a basic health history from them. And if anything comes up that I'm suspicious about, whether it's with their blood pressure or maybe they're having problems with AFib, you know, if they've got type 2 diabetes, if uh, they have a history of fainting or, you know, any kind of seizures, uh, any of those sorts of things, you know, those, those factors can put a person at risk for doing certain types of exercise, as can a history of certain types of surgeries. You know, if, uh, if somebody's had a hip surgery, uh, a hip replacement surgery, or a knee replacement surgery, or major rotator cuff surgery. Of course, I think all surgery is major, so that's, that's kind of an empty statement. But if they've had a shoulder surgery, those are things I need to know as a trainer when I'm working with a guy. But that person needs to talk to their doctor. Okay, doc, what's realistic for me to do in the gym? Is it just maybe walking on a treadmill or using an exercise bike? Or do you think I could get on the elliptical and get some full body exercise? How about stair climbing? How about weightlifting? How about doing a dance class? So I'm going to get a good health checkup with my doctor and then working with him 
looking at my blood work, getting my numbers, checking my blood pressure, sugar, and all these kinds of things, you know, we're going to have a baseline of health information of where I am on the day of the appointment or surely within a few days. So then the doctor gives my clients the green light. And the green light for me is um, Mrs. Smith can do exercise for 30 minutes up to 50% of her maximum heart rate. Well, that's a number that a trainer knows. And so I can calculate what her maximum heart rate should be. I can calculate what 50% of that is. And then while we're working out, we're keeping an eye on her heart rate. So and we're also keeping an eye on the clock. So these are just some things we're going to figure out. So step one, see your doctor and, and get his or her recommendations on what is healthy for you because you've got a plan. You've got a plan. You're going to start getting some type of exercise. Maybe you haven't figured that out yet, but some type of exercise that is helpful and purposeful and helps you, one, <coughs> maintain your weight, two, help you maintain your muscle mass, um, three, going to help you maintain your flexibility, and, and also to help you maintain your overall mobility. You know, we do so much more than um, walking up the two or three, four or five little old steps coming up into our houses, or uh, we do more than standing up and walking out of the bathroom. We do more than getting in and out of the car and then walking into the grocery store at the, at the shopping center. We do so much more than that, but most of those motions are just walking forward. You know, just walking, you know, just like you've walked your whole life. But um, this mobility issue, as we age, and I found this to be true of myself, my balance was getting worse. And uh, fortunately, <laughs> and I know you can't do this more than likely, and I would advise against it, uh, being in Taekwondo helped me work on my mobility. And what is mobility? Well, sure, I can stand up from the sofa in the living room and walk to the back of the house and go in the bathroom. Yeah, I can do that. Not a problem. But can I walk sideways? I mean, can I make lateral movements to move to my side? Let's say like you're at the grocery store and somebody's kid has gone wild and is running down the aisle. Can you step sideways fast enough to get out of this child's way before he plows into you and he knocks you down? So, okay, and can you move backwards? So, believe it or not, in the gym when working with clients, uh, yeah, we, we do a lot of walking. We do some light jogging. We do some treadmilling. We do some stationary uh, cycling. We do all these things, but in the mix... We do mobility movements. In other words, uh, it's kind of like doing a box step when dancing. You know, two steps forward, two steps sideways, two steps back, two steps sideways, two steps forward, and kind of work out a box pattern because we want our brains to know that this is a normal motion for us. So in my five-year plan, you know, I want to know what my limitations are. I want to work on retaining my muscle, keeping my weight in check, uh, being flexible for doing simple things like bending over and putting on my shoes or tying my shoes or putting my underwear on. Believe, and that's a funny thing I should say that right now because, you know, I've got a guy in my exercise class who's 91, 
who brags about the fact that he can stand on one leg at a time to put his underwear on. He doesn't have to sit down and, you know, he, he can stand on one leg and put his drawers on. My goodness, that's pretty phenomenal when you stop and think about it. But not that we have to be able to do that, but we need to stay flexible enough to do the things we need to do. And, uh, I mean, who hasn't dropped their car keys on the floor? Well, I don't know when they started putting the floor so far away from my hands, but just bending over or squatting down to reach up, reach and pick those keys up. How many times have you dropped the mail, you know, bringing it in from the mailbox, and there's that flat letter laying on that flat sidewalk or that porch, and you've got to reach down and, and pick that thing up, you know. And, man, you know, you got to get down there. Maintaining our flexibility helps us do things just like that. And for those of us that have small dogs, you know, we load them up, put them in the car every once in a while. I've got to get down there to them to pick them up, you know, so that I can carry them out to the car. Sounds silly, but it's, it's a normal everyday thing. You know, it, it, it just is. Uh, maybe you have to do an adjustment on your vacuum cleaner. I don't know, but maintaining this flexibility is so important. And, you know, you think about doing a simple task like vacuuming. Uh, I, I want to tell you, I'm all over the place when I'm vacuuming. I'm going forward and backwards. I want my brain to know that me moving backwards and me moving sideways to the left or to the right is something that we do. So, you know, in order to get to five years, I got to make sure I keep doing those sorts of things. Yeah, you know, you can take a, a senior uh, aerobics class. You can take uh, aqua therapy for arthritis and, and get a lot of mobility in. But, you know, really, you standing on your own two feet, doing things that your body was designed to do often is a good way to keep your brain talking to your muscles. So there's really no surprises. I kind of paint this scenario for my seniors. What if you go to get out of the car and there's some loose sand in the parking lot. You, you didn't see it. But when you started to, to bear your weight to get out of the car, your foot slips in that sand. If your body is used to moving, say, left or right, and you're used to moving your feet over quickly, you might be able to catch yourself and keep from going splat in the parking lot. So we're going to see the doctor. We're going to find out what's realistic for us to do at our present age and what we need to do to maintain all these aspects of our physical health. Uh, you know, it seems unnecessary to say, but by now everybody's got the memo. Smoking is bad for you. Smoking's going to kill you. You know, sooner or later you're going to have lung problems, you're going to have heart problems. Um, you know, you're, it, it, it's inevitable. I have yet to meet somebody that was a happy smoker all the way till their last puff, or maybe there are, I don't know. But, you know, the memo's out there, the Surgeon General's warning everybody, don't smoke, just don't smoke, you know. So, and, and then there's the alcohol thing. How much alcohol do we need? Well, technically speaking, we don't need any. But just because we've reached retirement age is not the time to go from one glass of wine at supper to a bottle of wine. You know, so there are things that we can do and incorporate into our plan that will help us get this five years under our belt to where five years from now, we're still able to pretty much go and do everything and maybe more 
than we ever thought would be possible because this is true. With a good trainer, with a good gym, maybe even with a good friend, and you just buy a gym in the box membership, you can get stronger in the next five years than you presently are. Isn't that hard to believe? You can reduce your body fat significantly and that will help all your health markers improve. It just will. So, you know, so I'm going to get, I'm going to get five years down the road. I want to be able to do things, so I got to have a plan and I need to get, I need to get started on that plan. First step, see the doctor and then have some form of purposeful, meaningful, regular exercise that helps your heart, because you know without the heart, we don't go anywhere, and helps you maintain your muscle mass. You know, I, you know if you lose a few pounds in the process, that's great. But, you know, if, um, if your heart's weak, your circulation is weak, you get sick, everything has to work harder just to keep you alive. So if I can get on that exercise bike, maybe I don't like treadmill, or maybe the elliptical is scary for me, I don't know. But if I can get on a machine that'll help me get my heart rate up into low-end cardio, I'm not talking about huffing and puffing and, and pouring buckets of sweat, but getting a good cardiovascular uh, workout that makes your heart pump faster, makes you breathe harder, and, you know, get in the gym, knock out 30 minutes, and you're done. You know, do it again in a couple of days, 30 minutes, and you're done. I'm talking about less than 2% of your week working on nothing but your heart. I think your heart's worth it. Because one thing I know, speaking as a person who had congestive heart failure, uh, when they tell you your heart's failing, you know, it, it's a panic moment. And so you can count on it. I was asking my doctor, okay, what can I do? And uh, so we started with some medications and we started with some exercise. And <coughs> before long, I did not have congestive heart failure anymore. And you might find it interesting that I'm not on blood pressure medicine. I'm not on a statin for cholesterol. And um, I'm not on any kind of medication for pain or arthritis or anything else. Because, you know, we've been able to wrangle all this stuff in before I got sick. I never had to go on medication for diabetes. We were able to, and it may not work this way for everybody, but it worked this way for me. But I had to be proactive in the process. I had to quit making excuses. I had to quit being happy and fat. And that sounds terse, and, and I don't mean it to, but, you know, I just figured, okay, this is the way I am. This is the way I'm going to be, and this is the way I'm going to die. And, and then I decided, no, that's a cop-out. I am not just going to toss in the towel because, you know, because I'm too big for my britches. I, I'm just, I'm going to fight. And I started fighting. And, uh, you know, in the beginning, I just wanted to make it to age 55. And now here I am, six, almost seven years later, and I'm still going strong. I, I played golf today, you know. Do you have to be strong to play golf? Well, if you walk the course, you got to be pretty strong. Swing a club, you got to be pretty strong. Did I have a great game? Not really, but I still had a good time, and I was out in the sunshine doing something that I enjoy, and that's called living. This morning, went to church. Ah, oh, man, had a good time there, you know. These things that we take for granted that we can do now might get increasingly more difficult to do in five years.
But if I take care of my body, I eat right, I work with my doctor, I have this good exercise plan. I'm not talking about living in the gym. I'm not talking about seven days a week. I'm talking about going for a walk every day and having three days of really good exercise in the gym where you work your heart and you work on your strength some. You know, I don't know what your situation is in your town, but there's a gym on every corner just about these days. You've got YMCAs. Um, some people are members of country clubs. The facilities are, th are there, but nobody ever lost a pound or got an iota uh, stronger by having a membership that they didn't use. So, you know, some planning goes into all this too. Designate your days. You know, when, when you start planning out your next five years, say, okay, to start with, I'm going to go to this gym and get me a membership and I'm going to be there on Monday and on Wednesday and on Friday. And on Saturday, Sunday and Tuesday, Thursday, I'm going for a really, really good walk, a long walk, as far as I can go, as fast as I can go. I'm going to get my heart rate up a little bit doing that. And, you know, I'm going to encourage you to do this too. When you're doing whatever it is that you do in the way of housework or yard work or, you know, uh, taking care of grandkids or, you know, whatever, spending time with your spouse for crying out loud, whatever you're doing, look at those activities as exercise moments. Maybe you can't run after your grandkids anymore, but you know what? You can get out there in the yard with them and walk around and supervise their play and kick the soccer ball back to them. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe you could even have a game of toss with them. You know, I, I don't know. But if you'll set your plan to where I'm going to start doing this Monday, Wednesday, Friday, those are my days. I'm going to either go for a real intensive power walk in my neighborhood or I'm going to hit that gym and I'm going to, I may not like it at first, but I will get used to it. I'm just going to trust the process and give myself a few months and see how I handle it. You know, this fitness thing becomes the best habit you'll ever have. The goal is to be on the go five years from now. So we've got to start building uh, your strength, flexibility, mobility, your balance. All of this starts happening. It's not magic. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes eating right. It takes working with your doctor. All these things. So let's focus on five. Five. Five years. Five years. Uh, what if we started out working on five weeks, you know, and then maybe five months, and before long, we're at five years. You'll look at yourself in the mirror and say, doggone it, you know, I just knocked out five years. I started going to the gym five years ago. Look at me. You know, I'm, I'm alert. I feel good. You know, my body fat's down a little bit, and, and uh, getting good reports from my doctor, and, you know, I don't see any, 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 any end to this. You know, I've made some new friends at the gym. I'm, I'm active in my community. I volunteer over here and do this. And, and um, you know, and I enjoy walking my dog. And, and, and I golf with my, my spouse. For crying out loud, I mean, whatever it is you do, whether it's swimming, hiking, fishing, hunting, <laughs> you can still do it. You can still do it. You're five years older. Okay, when that five years is over, it's time for a new plan. You know, check in with a doctor. Hey, doc, I made it five more years. 
I want to make it five more. How do I get to the next five years under my belt and do it safely? You know, it seems so simple, doesn't it? It seems so simple. Maybe I make it sound too simple, but it all begins with that first step. It begins with that first commitment to get out there and try to go for a walk every day uh, to uh, join a club, a gym, a YMCA program that offers exercises that appeal to you. You know, um, you know, I don't like to shoot basketball. I can do that at my gym, but I don't like it. And I think it's a little risky for me right now. I don't need to be playing pickup games with guys that are 20 years old. They will knock me down and I will get hurt. But uh, when the court's empty, I might go in there and shoot a few baskets or play horse with, with somebody about my age. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm really invested in staying healthy. It is an investment. I've never said this on the podcast before, but I spent many, many years in uh, hospital ministry as a hospital chaplain. I've watched in the course of that ministry many people pass away. I've been at their bedside holding their hand when they slipped into eternity. Oftentimes, I was their regular chaplain or pastor when they were sick and when the end was near. I never had anybody tell me that they wished they had been less healthy. I I never had anybody tell me that uh, they wished that uh, they had died sooner. You know? But I've also never really had anybody tell me, other than perhaps spiritually, that they thought they were going to die this soon. They they just don't tell me that. They they seem to be unprepared and and caught off guard by it. They presumed they were going to get well this time. But you know what? The body just wasn't strong enough and their health couldn't recover. This fitness thing will make you stronger. It will boost your immune system. It will keep you bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, if I can say that. It won't fix everything. You know, my arthritis is here. You know, I contend with it. But I'm working around it. And you can work around it, too. And you will keep working around it. And you will stay on the move. And you'll be able to go to the fair this fall. You'll be able to go to your church services You'll be able to go to ball games. You'll be able to go to recitals and concerts and graduations. And you'll feel able to do those things. That's what we're talking about here, folks. We're talking about living. Living a good and meaningful, purposeful existence until God says our time is done. And that's my hope for you. That's my prayer for you. Until next time, this is Gene on the Pushing 60 Aside podcast. May God truly bless you.